Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Father God, we thank you once again. We just love and exhort you. We bless your name because of your faithfulness. And we just come today once again to reveal instruction from your living world with the man, Father of glory. That you grant us insight, and not just that, you heal our own beliefs, heal our own beliefs, and bring us to the place of realization, fruitfulness, and gratitude in what you're doing within our spirit and in our physical bodies. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, so um, we continue with our subject on the peace of passing all understanding. Um, I'm supposing this is going to be the last section I want to share on these. You may probably have to go back and take a look at some of the things you've been receiving, and then um, you go to the website, and then you'll be able to study out the secret of peace. We shared that, I think, two years ago. You just go back and get all of those things so that you'll be able to see largely why you are not at peace with yourself or with your neighbor, and then why God intended you to live in peace. Impossible with all men. Hallelujah. Again, our test is Philippians 4, verse number 7. Um, and that the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. And uh, last week I tried to discuss with us why is it that we don't have peace, some of the factors that are making it impossible for us to experience the peace. Even though Jesus had died. And sacrifice himself, even though he is the Prince of Peace, even though by his stripe we are healed, the chastisement that was upon him, I mean, our, our chastisement upon him so that we can have peace, all of those things scripture says. So why is it that we are not experiencing the peace that we are supposed to experience? And these are the things I keep sharing with us in the last two sections. And so I just want to continue with that today. There are so many other things you can probably begin to discover all by yourself. Why you don't have the peace that you are supposed to have. These are just like guidelines that will enable you to search deeply within your spirit. Why is it that you don't have the peace that you are supposed to have? Hallelujah. Alright. Now, the thing I mentioned this last week, and I'm going to touch it a little bit. One of the major reasons why we don't have peace is the spirit of fear. You know, it's told us in the issue of, you know, men have feeling their polygamy and those things that come upon the face of the earth. But let me give you an example again. You see, the primary reason, one of the primary reasons Jesus came to earth is that we may have peace and to serve God without fear. You look at that in Luke chapter 1, verse number 70, 73 to 75. The book of Luke. Chapter 1, 73-75 The Bible says The oath which he swore to our father Abraham That we That he will grant unto us That we've been delivered out of the hands of our enemies May serve him without what? Without fear We may serve God without fear So when, when, you, when you come to serving God And you still walk in the spirit of fear it's like you have not entered into the covenant that God made to Abraham, which he decided or determined that we experienced. You have not come to that. 
We serve God without fear. By implication, when you start serving God, fear should be out of your life. I mentioned that last week. If fear is in, fear will be out. When fear comes in, fear will go through the window. You have to understand this thing. So, if you don't truly come to that place to be experiencing this fear in the service of God, then, of course, you have not entered into the covenant that God made, which is all to our father Abraham. And this is very critical for us to understand. Now, so many of us, up to this moment, we say, Savior, we think about the enemies, what they are going to do, right? Even though he has come to separate us, to deliver us, to protect us, to set us free from the hands of that which you call the enemy, we still live with the fear of enemies in our hearts and in our lives. But God intends us to get out of that. So, now, look, let me show you how bad the spirit of fear is. If you, it possesses you, and, and, and what finally comes out as a result of you walking with the spirit of fear. In the book of Job chapter 3, Job chapter 3 verse 25, Job 3 verse number 25, For the thing which I greatly fear is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I want you to meditate on that. That thing which I greatly fear has come upon me. What was the fear of Job? Job was wealthy. Well, this is his fear, or this was his fear. One day this my wet could go away. God, one day this my wet could go away. He got a family. God. One day, this my family will all be wiped out. I mean, can you picture those kind of a thing? Yet you're serving God. Do you know you think something like that sometimes among yourself or within yourself? Oh, this sickness on me now. I know I'm about to die. The way this my child is behaving, I know he will soon die. I mean, do you think things like that sometimes? You invite in those things to come to your life. The thing that I greatly fear has come upon me. I don't think that this sickness will be healed. I'm not too convinced. I've tried several things. I'm not convinced it will ever go. It will never go. Because that's what you believe. The fear, the things you fear, they will definitely happen to you. Hallelujah. So you see Job, he was making all kind of sacrifices. Once the children have organized their birthday parties, they would just go make sacrifices and all that. Everything he was doing was based on fear. You are not called to live such life. So what happened to Job? All his work went off. The family were destroyed. Sickness came upon him. Why? The thing that I greatly fear has come unto me. It has happened to me. You must eradicate that spirit from your heart to the spirit of faith, of faith. And this is why you don't have peace. So think about that. Like Job, you have all the weight, you have all the resources, but you are afraid. That means the peace that you are supposed to be experiencing was not there. Are you with me? So God don't intend us to live that kind of life. A life where we think about the negative things happening to us all the time. Oh, as I'm driving this car, what about somebody just come and hit me? Oh, as I, I mean, how can that be the kind of life you want to live? Hallelujah. The way I'm looking at this business, it's not going to grow more than this. All manner of things. And so even if you are praying, you are praying out of fear, not out of conviction, not out of faith. 
That is not how God intended you to live. He came that he might deliver us from the enemy and that we not live all our lives with that bondage of the spirit of fear. That's why Jesus came. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Now when fear is there, you will never have peace in your life. Everything at any point in time, you always thinking, meditating, you know, figuring out for the next thing. Never experience peace in your life. But like I said last week, if you understand one simple thing that Jesus said, take no thought for the morrow, for tomorrow shall take care of itself. He gives you a guarantee that I will make all things available and well for you. You will live out the number of years you have ordained for your life. You are not going to die young. You are not going to die at the prime of your life. You are not going to die even when you are in the middle age of your life. You will live out your life. Can I hear an amen? Praise the living God. You must always keep this in your mind. That you are here to fulfill your days. More especially when you engage in what God has ordained for your life to do. For him and to him. You know, somebody was asking me a question and said, Pastor David, what about this thing about this called, you know, for instance, I'm not trying to say, no, listen to me, before you go too far. A medical personnel is doing service to God. It's a call. Not everybody, not everybody can go into medical situation like doctors or nurses. Not everybody can do that. Are you still there with me? You saving lives. That is a ministry. That's a call. It's so vitally important. Do you realize even up to this day, we still talk, it's all because we don't have history again in our, in our schools, but how many of you have heard about Mary Celeste from before? Who came to Africa, came to Nigeria, abandoned every good Western life that she was living in, came into Nigeria, settled in Calabar. You can think about her at that time. Where do you have electricity or whatever? But she was there, and she had to stop the killing of twins. And so today, what was it? The people were killing twins thinking that they were demons. Is that okay? She came in, wiped out the spirit of ignorance from the whole nation, if you will. And now, twins can live, twins can survive. What a great ministry she engaged in. That was not preaching Bible. As it were. Is anybody understand what I'm saying? So don't tell me, if you are in the medical field, you are not doing God's work. If you are in counseling section, you are not doing... Every of these things that can bring peace, hurts to people, is God's work. Hallelujah. I want you to understand that if God is prospering you and blessing you, and has called you to engage in one or two things for humanity, don't you ever have the spirit of fear working in your life. It's a bad spirit. The Lord is come that may give us peace. Hallelujah. In fact, Scripture talks about giving us life and we may have life more what? abundantly. More abundantly. That's super abundant life. That's what He has come to give to us. And you have to have that consciousness within you. I'm going to live out the life that God has given to me. Hallelujah. No fear. Take away fear from your life. Can I hear an amen? Another thing I would like to mention this morning, the spirit of anxiety. 
It's very close to the spirit of fear. You may not understand that you are walking in fear when you are anxious. They are twin, I don't want to call them three brothers, they are three sisters. Mm. Hallelujah. You know, again now, let's look at the same passage, Philippians 4, Amplified Translation 6 and 7. The book of Philippians chapter 4, 6 and 7, Amplified Translation. Look at that. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. About how many things? Anything. Don't fret. Don't have any form of anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and supplication or petition, definite request, definite request, not just praying every kind of prayer. This is definite request. Like you find in the book of Luke chapter 11. What did I tell you? He said, your father, you can ask for bread and he will give you a stone. And you can ask for fish and he will give you a serpent. So, if it is bread you want, ask for bread. It's a definite request. You don't just pray, oh, just pray, just pray, just pray, just pray. No, not, not just about just pray. Pray with something in mind that you're looking for. It has to be definite. So that when the answer comes, you will know that the prayer I prayed yesterday have just been answered. Are you there with me? <laughs> Hallelujah. Definite request. With thanksgiving, continue to make your words known to God. You pray to God, you thank Him. As you pray, you're thanking God. Because you are convinced it's going to bring it to pass. The answer will come. Are you there with me? Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance, in every situation, let die your petition by prayer and petitioning. Definite request. Right? With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known. Your wants known. Continue to make your wants known. You don't need to be anxious about anything. What is it that you're thinking about? What is it that you want? What is it that you feel, well, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to achieve this. Go to God in prayer. With thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Look at the next thing. And God's peace. Hallelujah. Shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of the salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and being content with his earthly lot of whatever sort, that is it. That peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and man guide over your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That tranquil stage where you, where you are so, so relaxed, so much at peace with yourself. As you pray, and God, the end is the connecting factor there. Your peace is the thing that finally results when you pray without being anxious over everything or over anything. What is it that is troubling you? What is it that you are anxious about? I ask that you have peace in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't be anxious over anything. 
As long as you can speak to God, as long as you can give thanks to the Father, as long as you can make your request made known unto God, be anxious for nothing. Anything, any, I mean, whatever it is, just go to God. Just talk to the Father. And He will give you peace. He will guarantee you peace. The peace you're going to get is already also tied to the answer that will come. Because it, just let you know what your want really is. Praise the living God. So, this is a very terrible factor. It's a very terrible factor. I'm going to give you an example on what anxiety and fear cost a man in the Bible. A whole king. So go with me to 1 Kings chapter 11 and we'll from verse 29. You know the story of Jeroboam and Rehoboam. I need you to read this. I need you to understand this so that you can come to see it. Now you look at this. And it came to pass at, 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 at that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem that the prophet Ahijah the Shilonite found him in the way. And he had clad himself with a new garment. And they two were alone in the field. And Ahijah cut the new garment that was on him and rent it in two, twelve pieces, representing the twelve tribes of Israel. Is that okay? And the thirty one said, and he said to Jeroboam, Take the tempests, for thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, behold, I will rend the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon, and I will give ten tribes to thee. I will give ten tribes to thee. I'm going to take the kingdom from the hand of Solomon, and I'm going to, out of the twelve tribes, I'm going to give you ten tribes. Amen? Now go to First King chapter 12 and see what happened to this man. But get the story. First King chapter 12 verse 26. This is a promise God made to this king, as it were. Not that he asked for it, not that he was praying for it, but God just said, this is what I intend to do. I'm giving you ten tribes out of the twelve tribe of Israel for you to be the king. Are you done with me? So here is it. Verse 26. And the Bible says, And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. Who told him? Are you following what I'm talking about? God said, I'm giving you ten out of the twelve tribe. That means Rehoboam is going to have two. With a capital in Judah. They are going to be Samaria. I'm giving you ten tribes. After the trade tribe of Israel. Look at the next thing I pop on in the sides. Hallelujah. Go back to 26 again. And here it says. And Jeroboam said in his heart. Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. I'm asking who told him? He was just anxious. Not to lose the kingdom. He was anxious not to lose the trade tribe God gave to him. Why are you living under anxiety and yet it is God that gave you the promise and handed these ten tribes to you? What is informing this kind of thinking? And that's exactly the way we live. You look at your children, if you are praying over them, you pray with the mindset, I could lose one of this church. This child looks like it's not going to last long. This baby might not be old. What's your problem? Hallelujah. Look at the next thing, verse 27. If these people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord of Jerusalem, 
Then shall the heart of his people, of these people, turn again unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam, king of Judah. And they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Look at this silly thinking coming into the head of this man. Now, he wants to protect what God has given to him. So what's the next thing that he did? Verse 28. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two cars of gold and said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. <laughs> Can you say that? How wonderful it is. It's gone into idolatry. Why? Because of anxiety and fear. Did you see what I'm saying? And this is what happened to so many of us. So many of us. I mean, how can this king wake up and start thinking those kind of thoughts in his heart? For what purpose? God gave you the chance. If he wants to take them, praise God. Why are you even trying to protect what God has given to you? In this kind of condition. Oh no, I would allow them to go to Jerusalem again. For return to the Lord. And he went and made two golden calves. And he said, this is your God. Can you imagine the way he reduced the almighty God to images. Just because of anxiety and fear in his heart. When you have the fear and the anxiety of losing what God has given to you. You end up in idolatry. Because it's a way you come worshiping that particular thing. There's a way you begin to see that thing to be much more important to you than anything else. You forgot that it was God that gave those things to you. Your wealth, your children, your husband, your wife. is God that gave them to you. Why is that anxiety? That is the result of anxiety. You get into idolatry. You reduce God to ordinary images. You make those around you. To go out of faith because you're living in anxiety. Is anybody understanding me? That is why you need to be careful how you think. I'm going to talk a little bit of the heart. The heart is such a terrible, terrible organ or realm within our spirit. You see, when you see it and thoughts are just coming up your mind, that is why you calm down every imagination. And every high thing that exalted himself against the knowledge of God. When you see that all manner of thoughts are just creeping in. You design them with the mind of Christ. You design them with the spirit of God. How is this impossible? This is what the Lord said. How is this impossible? You design them. Hallelujah. I remember I gave you a story here some time ago. When I heard a voice in the night... At about, not some years back, at about 1 a.m. in the night. It was so cold out there. But I just heard a voice clearly from the window. And he said, get ready to die. So it's like prepare your house. Tell your wife to take the children, tell her whatever thing you need to tell her to do. Because you are dying this night. And as the voice was speaking to me, I started feeling heat all over my body. I started sweating. In split second, I started sweating. And I responded, I can't die because Jesus died in my place. And the voice said, we are not joking. 
you are dying this night. Now I begin to see why, I mean how, some people go to bed and they don't wake up. Did you understand what I'm saying? You got yes, I'm sorry, you just slept and then you slept up, you never woke up. A lot of things are going on in the spirit realm. But I responded again that Jesus died in my place so I will never die. And the voice sees. But I can literally tell you I was not myself. I left the room, got under the shower, came back and decided to lie on the cement just to cool myself. But that was all. I never mentioned that to anybody until when I started talking about it in meetings. I'm trying to make you understand that fear can literally... Now listen, if I have accepted that voice as loving God, you must, when thoughts are coming to your mind, when voices are coming to you, align them with what God says. Are you still following what I'm saying here? Check them out with the word of God. That's why you need the word. That's why you need to study the word. Check them out. Praise the Lord. So fear and anxiety can destroy your life. Medically we know. I think we'll touch that. And psychologically people tell you fear, what fear can do. You know, even what anxiety can do. Is that okay? Right. Sometimes when fear grips you, you begin to see yourself sweating beyond the level you're supposed to sweat. That means your organs are malfunctioning. Fear can literally kill you. Anxiety can make you do things that we're not supposed to do. Huh? I remember in those days when we used to have uh, petrol shortage in this country. Once they say they are going to increase petrol price. What's the next thing? You see everybody running to the filling station with jerry cans. Are you following what I'm talking about? Huh? Fear buying, buying out of fear and anxiety. And sometimes all of those news that come, you find that nothing happens. They don't increase, nothing happens. Fear and anxiety is something that will make you not to have the peace of God. It will drive away God's peace from your life. So you got to be careful. When thoughts are coming to your heart like Jeroboam, when fear is coming to your heart like Jeroboam, you must watch what you think, what you are hearing, what you are thinking and imagining at that particular time. And that's why scripture says, casting down every imagination and every thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of Christ. That's why you have to guard yourself with God's knowledge so that when situations like this are coming, align them and measure them with the true plumb, the plumb line, which is the word of God. Amen. The third thing I want to talk about is anger. <laughs> this one, I, do I need to even talk about it? <laughs> do I need to talk about it? <laughs> Praise the living God. Ephesians 4 verse 30. Ephesians 4 verse 30. Hallelujah. Oh God. Ephesians 4 verse number 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor 
and evil speaking be put away from your mouth with all malice. Can we take it for a simpler translation? Whichever one you want. New Living Translation, LLT, whatever. Let's just take it from another translation. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Malice. You see, these are the things that makes you never to have peace in your life. Do people offend you? Sure, they can. But are you going to hold bitterness against those people? For how long? For how long? Anger! <laughs> you know what anger can do? I got a video two weeks ago. I'm sure, I think I forwarded it to my wife or somebody else. I think Maxwell too. Here was a man in an upstairs. And he came out the balcony with a hand raised. Somebody downstairs, maybe the family, one of the family members or something. This guy is a little bit aged. And he just came out and saw the person start shouting on the person and the next thing. It's like he went in to pick the person's property to throw them out. And as soon as he got down to the place and used force to throw, the next thing he came up there, died right on the floor. He fell, knocked his head on the pavement, and that was all. Anger. It is you that suffers, not the person you are angry with. This is why you can't have peace, because there is so much anger in your heart. So much anger in your spirit. Somebody offended me recently, I was just thinking. I mean, the thing so grieved my spirit. Even after I have spoken to this guy in a very calm manner, this guy responded to what we are talking about in a very bad manner as well to me. Oh my God. And somebody had to come in to intervene. Even then, he will not resolve what I'm asking him to do. While the person talked to him, I said, don't worry about that. Don't talk about it. I've handed him over to God. I don't want his life to become bitterness in my spirit. Or to carry an animosity against him for any reason. Because this somebody I see almost every day. Hallelujah. The last time I saw him, I said, how are you, brother? <laughs> he said, Daddy, good morning. I said, thank you. But the thing I asked him to remove is still there. But I don't just want to think about it. I don't want to allow that to cause me to have bitterness towards him. No. Because I will be the one to suffer, not him. You are the one that suffers when you have bitterness. That which is called the root of bitterness. You are the one that suffers. Rage, anger, harsh words. You are the one that suffers. Because anger will cause you to have harsh words when you are talking to people. How do you talk? Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? All evil manners. What are those evil manners? Malice. Jealousy. Bitterness. All of these things. The Lord called them evil. I was sharing with a friend. They got a problem. And he said, oh man, what this guy did to me. I said, what did the Bible say you should do? 
The Bible tells us what to do. Somebody did something to you. He said, if you know that first of all, I ask the question, do you still pray? Said, yes, I pray to my God. I said, then you violate your scripture. What did the scripture say? He said, if you want to pray, and you brought your things to the altar, and you remember that somebody is angry with you, there is an offense somewhere. Leave those things. Go and make a man with your brother, yet come back and pray. Now you are praying, you have bitterness against somebody. How is your prayer going to rise? How is God even thinking about you when you are doing that? Hypocrisy. So it's not the person that offended you that have the problem. You are the one that carries the problem. Bitterness in your heart because somebody offended you. Anger is in your heart because somebody offended you. Husband and wife? No, come on. Think about it. By the illustration I gave to you, the man died literally, fell from the upstairs on the balcony because he wanted to throw the object with force. He could not help himself. What killed him? His own anger. Now he's dead, the other person is still alive. What will he benefit you? To be angry in such a way that you can't control yourself. Now, guess what the Bible says in the very first place? It says, Grieve not what? The Holy Spirit. Did you get that? The, all of this in grace, the Holy Spirit. You know, you often see the Holy Spirit as a dove. So it's peaceful, it's gentle, it's quiet. Where there is anger, forget the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Are you sitting there? Praise the living God. I'm trying to tell you the things that takes away the peace of God from your life. Once the Holy Spirit is out, forget you have no peace. Verse 32 says, And be a kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Forgiving one another. Do you have room for forgiveness in your heart? Think about it. These are, they are not deep things, but these are life. The things that drain your life constantly are the things we are talking about here. Do you have, do you have anger? Do you, have, do you grieve the Holy Spirit with the spirit of anger? Harsh words, malicious thoughts against people. Do you have that? Praise the living God. The Bible says be tender-hearted, forgiving one another at any point in time. Praise the Lord. I, I wish I can I, I wish I can take time to extract all of that. But please when you go back home, just take that passage, Ephesians 4. Go through it. And find out where you belong. And find out the things that are actually troubling you. Is that okay? Read especially that verse 30 and 31 to 34. I mean 32. Just take time. Meditate on this. Find out those things. Make simpler translation to understand the difference between all of those things. If you like, take a dictionary, get out the meaning of those things, and see who you are if you have those spirit. How can you have peace if these things are working in your life? Hallelujah. You know when anger comes in, you can take decisions that ordinary you never wanted to take. Very good. 
But you know, the Bible tells us that in everything we should acknowledge the Lord. And we do what? He will direct our path. So the decision you are taking out of anger, is that God directing you? That's a problem. Anger results in you talking to people the way you are not supposed to talk. Hmm. Praise the living God. Somebody caused me <coughs> to actually speak back to the individual, but that is a statement. I said, you are a son of a good father, but you have no manner and you are not well brought up. Sorry by your father again. Your father could have been good, but he never brought you up well. And I said, ah, okay, I'm sorry. The word sank in. Right? Because there's a way you behave. People will just know that something is wrong with your spirit. You see, when you talk about spirit, spirits, everything has spirit. Is that okay? How, how do you see the conduct of the Abberu man, the man by the, the garage? Eh? As compared to the man that is, that is in the bank. What kind of spirit do you see? Every job has a spirit. Everything you believe in has a spirit. Driving has a spirit. Am I correct? Somebody is driving. Say, look at the way he's driving. What kind of spirit is that? You just define the kind of spirit. It's a careless person driving carelessly. Everything has a spirit. You see the women that sells oil in the market? They have no understanding about decency. They pour the oil, mix it, and then they clean themselves. That's a spirit. Am I correct? They don't think decency. They don't. No, 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 no. They have no time. They close the wall is a rag at the same time. They just said the oil, and then the next thing, take, give me my money. No decency. Every profession has a spirit. Are you following what I'm talking about? So if you are the conductor who misbehaves, can you see all those Lagos boys? You know. And even if they are pronouncing where they want to go, maybe they want to say, they very stupid. You, I mean, you can't imagine that. No, but that's somebody's husband, that's somebody's father, was the entire place. They lost their minds. So every profession has a spirit. But if you are born again, then the spirit of your profession can no longer control you. That's what we're saying. Are you following what I'm saying here? Check through this place. Where do you belong? What controls your life? Is it the spirit of your profession? Or the one you pick from people? I mean, just think about it. So let's move forward a little bit. Are you getting some things here? Alright. Glory to God. Let me take another one. Wondering mind. <laughs> this is another thing that will make you never to have peace. Your mind is always wondering. You're thinking, oh, I should have been there. I should have been doing this. I should have been that kind of person. Wondering mind. Are you thinking about your past? You know, oh, I wish my husband was alive. I wish my mother was alive. I wish my father was alive. One remind, you're never, never come at any point in time to think straight. 
you can have peace. Because your mind is... And some people are good at that. All of a sudden, they are just moody. What is going on? Say nothing. Ah, but I saw you say, I believe me, I'm just thinking. What are you thinking about? One dreamer, you are there with them, they are not there with you. They are somewhere else, caught up in their own spirit. They've traveled, and yet you are there with them. You're looking at them, they are looking at you. Some their eye can no longer blink, their mind is gone. Are you following what I'm talking about? They're looking at you like that. Once they start gazing at you and they're not blinking, just know that they have traveled. Their mind is off. They're not with you. How can you have peace with such spirits? It's not possible. So Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, 1 to 4. 26 verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Because what? He trusted in thee. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusted in thee. So verse 4 now says, Trust ye in the Lord, Forever. For he, the Lord, Jehovah is everlasting strength, rule of body, and to the utmost extremity, just trust him, is what I'm trying to say. You've got to trust God. And get out of this wandering mind. Anytime I, I look at pastor, something keeps ministering to me. I learned a lot of lessons. I used to, I mean, I do learn a lot of lessons from situations. You know, it was in the village. Right? And at the point, when the flood came, they retired. And he was saying, the flood is only disturbing the work. I said, okay, fine. So, what do you want? Well, then he said, okay, maybe I have to come to Ugeli, get another PlayStation. I said, okay, if that's what you want. But the next time he came to me, he has even gone to survey the places where he can find the church. I said, no, go back to the village. And guess what? He went back to the village. That will have been pains on him. That will have been thoughts on him. But the next two months after he went back to the village, he's not here in the city. Are you following what I'm trying to say? The thoughts... The anxiety, all of those things, even the desire, first of all, to move out of the village, were just accomplished without even thinking about it. He had this peace, and he got what he was looking for. Are you listening to me? That's the way life is. He wasn't dreaming he would come here. No. If anything, he would have been to another station elsewhere. But here he is. What he didn't plan for. <laughs> what he never dreamt about. Are you following what I'm saying here? When he was thinking of leaving the village to another place, it was not to come to worry here, either to Ugeli or anywhere. But important for him was, I'll leave the village. He that is faithful in little shall be faithful in much. And God is watching over your action, over your decisions. Don't forget where we are coming from. 
be anxious for nothing. And somebody even advised him, if he continues to keep in the village, why don't you go and start your own church? That's a wonderful counsel, isn't it? <laughs> Hallelujah. But I want to make you understand something. Once you have peace, once you can see God as the one that is in charge of your life and everything, even those things you craving for, they will come to you. That's why I say, seek it for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be what shall be added. Are you with me? I need you to come to the place of calmness in your life. So that you don't lose out even in the thing because anxiety can drive you to go do what you are not supposed to do. Just like Jeroboam. Praise the living God. So his life is a typical example of the things I'm sharing with you. How being focused in God, how being stable in your spirit can end up delivering to you those things that you are craving for. They will come. God has the best for you and will always give you the best. Can I hear him? He has the best for you and will always give you the best. He will always, always give you the best. So relax. What did I say? Relax. Get anxiety out of your life. Get fear out of your life. Get anger out of your life. Get malice out of your life. Get jealousy out of your life. So that the peace of God that passes all understanding with God is in your heart and mind. Praise the living God. Let me just say this and then we shut down. I was thinking I'm going to end here, but. Proverbs 4, verse 23. The issue of the heart. Keep the heart with what? All diligence. For out of it are what? The issues of life. Above all, keep in the heart. Guide your heart. He who knows anything of himself knows how up his affections are that can easily go astray. For out of it are the issues of life. Can you take this from the message translation? Let me see it. Message translation. Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That is where life starts. Keep vigilant watch over your heart. What is that trying to say? A wandering heart or a wandering mind. So watch it. When sudden thoughts begin to creep up in your heart. Hallelujah. Are you following me? These are the things that make you know they have the peace of God. Your heart. You see, life starts from there. Issues of life start from there. Good and bad, they flow from the heart. So when you watch your heart, you take care of the bad ones. When bad thoughts are creeping in, you take authority over it. They all come from the heart. Anxiety. Did you see that in the life of Jeroboam? Anxiety come from the heart. Now his whole life was destroyed because of his heart. What he was thinking about, what he was mentioning about, I see that's why the scripture will keep on telling you. The man that is blessed is the one that meditates upon the word of God day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. Is that okay? Right. 
So this is the point. How is your heart? I mean, dear, come on. Is, is your heart stable? Right? Is your heart stable? Next week I'll talk a little bit on the heart again. Because see, the state of your heart can produce diseases in your life. They can produce sicknesses in your life. The state of your heart. Hmm? Hallelujah. More sorrow in a man's heart makes him stoop. You're walking on the road, your head is down. Look up. Why is your head down? So much burden. You're walking on the traffic. You are thinking so much. Here is a driver. Even when they are hooting, honing, you don't hear. Because you are not there. You are like a dead walking corpse on the road. You are a walking corpse on the road. Because your heart is full. You look at everybody want to talk to you say, listen, listen, I don't want to talk anymore. Why? My heart is full. Full of what? Your heart is full. And look at your condition. You can literally be drying up because of the state of your heart. The kind of thought you're thinking, they can be drying you up. You end up emaciating every day. What's the problem? I don't know. You should know. Something is wrong with your heart. For out of the heart are what the issues of life. Life flows from the heart. So your bones, your marrow, it flows from the heart. That is why, listen, folks, you can't compare joy with sorrow. No. Joy has healing in it. Laughter has healing in it. But sorrow, no, no, no. We drain your bones. I was studying the fear of God. I discovered David was making a statement. He said, when you're angry with me, and because of the things I saw, even my bones were diseased. The book of Psalms. So, one of the things that will lead to bone cancer <laughs> is anger, anxiety, not controlling your heart. You can literally catch up with bone cancer. It's there in the scripture. You can. Are you still following me? So, friends, I need you this morning to check yourself so that God's peace will flow in your life. For peace will give you health. Peace will give you joy. Peace will promote you. Peace, that one world, will bring all things you are asking for to your life. God wants you to live at peace. Not in anxiety. Not in anger. No, no, no. Not in bitterness. Not in jealousy. Against anybody. No matter what they do. Secure your life. Save your life. Don't allow those things to develop. Once you allow people to cause you to be angry all the time, they have come to the place where they now control your life. You are the one controlling your life. You don't have control over your life anymore. Because any time you're trying to have peace, they stir up anger in your life. What's the next thing? You lose control. So you are never going to be happy for once. As long as that person knows that anger will set you on a hard guard, it will never give you that peace. Because you think people are the people to give you the peace that you want in your life. No. This is what happens. So once anger hits you, anxiety hits you, peace disappears. And if you continuously think about what people will do to you, you will never have joy, you will never have peace, you will never walk in love. Because man is a terrible creature. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Man is a terrible creature. 
How many of you remember that? That is what made God to destroy the first world or the world of Noah. For the heart of man is evil. Continually. Not sometimes. Continually. And if you think man is going to give you peace, no, you deceive yourself. You must focus on God. For great peace of this, whose heart is stayed on who? On the Lord. That's where you have peace. The absolute peace. That's where the peace that guarantees all situations you can be at peace with yourself. But if you try to think that somebody is going to do something to you, no. You are going to continuously live in the spirit of anger, bitterness, rancor, harsh words. That's where you are going to find yourself. Because man's heart is continually evil. After when he was created. Are you still following what I'm talking about? Stand up. I just want us to pray meditatively this morning. I want us to pray meditatively this morning. Just talk to your father. Of all these things that we have mentioned, of all these things the scriptures are referring to, I mean, which one are you suffering from? Which one are you suffering from? Think about it. And just begin to ask God meditatively right now. Now, are you angry because of your child? Are you angry because of your husband or wife, whatever it is? You see, I'm telling you the danger of living with the spirits. The peace of God will elude you. The joy of the Lord will elude you. Once you allow those spirits to continue your life. Why allow that which is outside of you to control your life? I just need you to talk to God. This is personal. <laughs> I don't need to pray for you. This is personal. If it is to forgive, do it now. If it is to forgive, do it now. Do you have anger continually in your heart? Seek God's help now. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.